from San Diego, California. This is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about orgasms being a part of the sexual experience, but not the ultimate goal. And in this quote from Alfred Mercier, who was a poet, a novelist, and a playwright, he says, what we learn with pleasure, we never forget. Hmm. And I think when we're talking about orgasms, there's a lot of pleasure behind that and that whole experience of learning about the body, about each other, um, Mm -hmm. can be something that the two of you never forget. But as we start each week's show, uh, we always start with a hug. We love hearing from you, our listeners. And this week's hug is brought to you by the Thrive 90 Fitness Program. They say, give us 30 minutes and we will give you a sexy body you'll love to share with your spouse. It's time to take your life back, look and feel fantastic, and be the spouse and parent you and your family deserve. Thrive 90 Fitness was specific was designed specifically to take you by the hand and lead you to the best shape of your life while keeping your family first guaranteed. And if you want to learn more about this program, go to thrive90fitness.com slash go inside. No, that's thrive90.com slash go inside. Oh, sorry about that. Thrive90.com slash go inside. So what I was going to say is that we have ratings and reviews all over. We get them on iTunes. We get them on Stitcher. You guys send them direct to us from uh, in an email or a voicemail and this week's review comes to you from stitcher radio and this reviewer says i love this podcast i found your podcast recently while on an out-of-state drive i have to say your honesty is refreshing and your advice is on point it can be hard to listen it can be hard to listen to when things are not the happiest in my marriage but it's great to have you with me i've since gone back to the beginning and have started listening to them all Thank you for opening up about your struggles and letting us see that there is a way to succeed at this marriage thing. Awesome. And it's true. This marriage thing, um, you know, it has its highs and its lows. Good and we time. have them. And we have them. And that's why you hear about them on the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. And for those of you that this is your first show, welcome. We're so excited to have you as part of the One Extraordinary Marriage family. We're have, happy to have all of you. Some of you have been together with us. We're going on five years. years. Yep. It'll be five years in January. Yeah. So for those of you listening to this at the end of 2014, happy new year to you. Mm-hmm. You know, Lisa and I send our love to each and every one of you around the world as we ring in 2015, where we hope that, you know, change and whatever comes up in your lives is that it's going to move you and propel you forward on this journey. Um, we'll have some news of our own coming up in the near future about what's going to happen for us in 2015 and what we're looking to do um, in our marriage, in our lives, in, in business, and everything else. So you'll get to hear us as we go through another year. I can't believe this <laughs> one went so fast. I know. It seems like we get to August and then all of a sudden it's December. And I'm like, how did that happen? How did that happen? Yeah. So Tony opened up the show ta- saying that this week's episode was going to be about orgasms being a part of the sexual experience, but not the ultimate goal. 
And we started talking about orgasms this past weekend because, you know, that's kind of something that Tony and I find ourselves doing. We talk about many things sexual on a regular basis. And I thought, well, didn't we just do a show on orgasms? And it was funny because as we go back and look at the archives, it's really, it's been since episode 64. Yeah. And this is 252. So, you know, 190 episodes ago, but it feels like yesterday. And we so often hear from those of you that write in and say that you're having struggles in your marriage, especially in the area of sexual intimacy. And a lot of those struggles revolve around orgasms. They revolve around husbands being frustrated that they can't give their wives orgasms or husbands frustrated that maybe their wives are faking orgasms. They come from the female side of wives saying, I I don't know, I can't have an orgasm, you know, or I'm faking it because he doesn't know what's going on. And so, or I'm having it, but I'm not really sure how. Or it's very sporadic, not not a how, but it's it's just a very sporadic thing. Like it happens, but then. I can go for months without ever having another one. Right. And a lot of, a lot of mental and emotional energy gets wrapped up in this idea that there has to be orgasmic sex every time the two of you have sex. Last week, we didn't have orgasmic sex twice. Okay. I wasn't keeping track, but yeah, that's, that's what Tony's around for. And it was great. It was still great sex. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want to dispel that myth at the very forefront of the show that you don't have to have an orgasm, ladies, for it to be great sex. And guys, on the other side, you can still have great sex with your wife, even if she doesn't have sex or (laughs) even if she doesn't have an orgasm. Sorry. You shouldn't, I, I don't do this very often, but you shouldn't put the pressure on yourself that the orgasm is the goal. Because it takes away from the intimacy and the time that you two are carving out for one another, right? When, when we've got this goal of, you know, it's got to be mind-blowing, I will tell you right now, Tony and I do not always have mind-blowing sex. We don't. Nope. I mean, <laughs> we definitely do have mind-blowing sex in our repertoire, but it's not an every-time occurrence. And that's okay because the power in our sexual intimacy comes from the time that Tony and I spend together, pleasure each other, enjoy each other. That's the beauty of the married, married sexual experience. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm, and I'm not downplaying orgasms. I will tell you, I enjoy them. But I will also share with you that in the first, I don't know, eight to 10 years of our marriage, probably had a handful of them. It wasn't. And it was one of those things that I talked about earlier, you know, sporadic, not too sure how it was happening. You know, what were we doing in those moments that allowed her to have an orgasm? And, and we were clueless, mm-hmm. clueless. And, and part of it was because I didn't know my own body. And that's, that's part of what we're going to jump into today is a little, little anatomy 101. And as Tony and I were having this conversation, one of the things that came up, Tony, we're out on a walk and Tony looks at me, he goes, so the clitoris, he goes, that's like, like on a woman, that's the only thing that it was designed for. It was only designed for pleasure. And I'm like, oh, interesting concept. Hadn't really thought about that. But I started doing some research and yes, it's true. The clitoris has one feature or one benefit for women. I mean, that's, and it's just pleasure. 
which is truly amazing. I mean, when you think about this, I mean, there's only one organ, and this is it, and its sole purpose is to bring pleasure. It, it, it truly is amazing. And that's for, for a male or a female. Men, we don't have that. No, because your, your penis does double duty. Right. Right? Our, our, well, our penis does triple duty because it's, it's for pleasure, it's for urination, and it's for procreation. Right. Yeah. See, you know, it's that whole multitasking thing. Mm-hmm. This is the one. This is the one organ on a woman that is like singularly focused. No multitasking here. Right. And uh, and it was interesting too because you know, going back to embryonic development, the only thing that differentiates the clitoris from the penis is the presence of testosterone at that stage of development. That's you know, kind of that Y chromosome. That's when mm. it, you start to split because they call without using all of the technical medical terms, it's essentially the same organ in the male and the female. Oh, interesting. But it's that that differentiation because of the Y, the male Y, that creates the penis versus the clitoris. So another interesting fact is that the clitoris has roughly double the number of nerve endings that the penis has. So, you know, scientists estimate that there's roughly 4,000 nerve endings in the penis. Which, is that on the penis head or the entire penis? Good question. I don't have the answer to that. Okay. One. I'm, I'm just wondering because I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I'm going to conclude that it's probably on the penis head. Okay. Well. Just because that's, I, yeah. where, that's where stimulation typically comes from. Okay. You well, know? Yeah. And I'll give you that. I don't really know. Figure every, I, this, all the skin around everywhere else. Yeah. So men have 4,000 nerve endings. Women on the clitoris have roughly 8,000 nerve endings. And the interesting thing about the clitoris too is, okay, so it's roughly, I, I heard it described, oh, didn't hurt here. I read it described as either like a little button or a little pea shape, you know, where the folds of the labia come together about in roughly three quarters of an inch to an inch above the vagina. Okay. So, you know, that just gives you a little diagram of where you're going. But the thing that I didn't know about the clitoris that this actually kind of blew me away is that the bulk of it is internal. We don't see it's like nine, roughly nine centimeters, but it's all behind like the pubic bones. Oh, wow. I had no idea. It was so big, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, clitoris, great. It's there. But the whole structure is internal. So we don't see it. We don't, you know, we have the engorgement, we have, the, you know, the feeling of fullness as the blood rushes there, but that, you know, and some of it, do, there is some growth that happens during sexual stimulation, but we don't see it the same way that you can see a man's penis mm-hmm. become erect. And so there's this whole visual thing that, you know, happens, doesn't happen. And, you know, one of the other myths that I really want to like get into, because this was interesting too, is this whole... Um, clitoral orgasm versus vaginal orgasm. And there's all kinds of statistics. I mean, you can go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, does the vaginal orgasm exist? You know, what percentage of women have vaginal orgasms? And I'm going to tell you, it's very, very low. In fact, research, as I was going through this, preparing for the show, is starting to say that we should just be calling it a female orgasm instead of, you know, assigning one clitoral orgasm or the vaginal orgasm. Because so few women, and ladies, listen to me, so few women actually have a vaginal orgasm. Let yourself off the hook. Men, let her off the hook if she is not having a vaginal orgasm with you. 
it's very hard because, you know, it's that they call it the elusive G spot. And, you know, there's a whole nother biology to that. And that one's harder to describe. Focus on the clitoris. It's exposed. It has all of those nerve endings. And when you learn about it, it actually works. But here's the thing. You can't keep putting all this pressure on yourself for, for it to happen because the statistics say that right now, national studies, some 10% of women have never had an orgasm. 10%. Now, that sounds like a small percentage, but you, know, you think about billions of people, that's a large number. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are a lot of women out there that are feeling frustrated that are sad, that are feeling pressured because they haven't had this experience. And because everyone from Cosmo to your girlfriend is talking about orgasms. And we talk about it even in here. We do. Absolutely. So, and that's why we wanted to bring this up because, you know, in that national study of 10% of women who have not had an orgasm, only four, uh, a quarter report always having one a third usually in a third sometimes so and and you know even for us we're in the probably the usually to sometimes Mm -hmm. you know that it usually happens and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't you know and those are times no kidding when we are in a place where we are even trying to have this together experience this time together, allowing Elisa to have an orgasm. There have been many a times when we are in bed, foreplay, going at it, and Elisa's just going, it's not happening. It's not happening. There's no way. Uh, nothing, you know? And this is after some lengthy time involved, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And it's interesting what happens when I finally say that, when I'm like, it's not going to happen. One of two things will happen at that point. One, I will have relaxed enough that I ultimately do have an orgasm because now I'm not focused. Which is what we talked about right. at the top. So I, I'm not focused on the orgasm. I'm just like, you know what? It's not going to happen. It's totally okay. Just like, let's move forward. Mm-hmm. Or it still doesn't happen and it's okay. Because, you know, sometimes, and ladies, I, I'm going to call you out on this one. Um, sometimes our to-do list it is longer than our be in the moment list. And it keeps playing while we're trying to have sex with our husbands. And it's very hard to be present and to be able to fully experience an orgasm. If you're running through the groceries, where the kids need to go tomorrow after school, what bills still need to be paid. Did you get the laundry out of the washer this morning? You do all of that. You can't have an orgasm when you're thinking about all that stuff. I'm telling you, it doesn't work. And I've had to, you know, we've had to stop before and I've had to just go, okay, talk to me, dump it all out. What's going on? That way we're, you know, we're together. We're experiencing this moment instead of Elisa being, like you said, just running through this to-do list in her head. And so we'll call it a timeout. And it's not that anything bad has happened. This isn't a good or bad. This is a, we're working together in our marriage and it's in specifically in our sexual intimacy. And there's no hard feeling there. There's no, you know, oh my gosh, this is such a letdown. No, we're going to stop. Talk to me. 
get this all off your chest, out of your head. And then it, there's still this understanding though, that once that is done, we're going to move forward with our sexual intimacy. So, you know, we, we try to, it, it's part of the process. It's not a, you know, get out of jail card. <laughs> this isn't the, oh, well, I'm going to bring this up Not every a free time. Pass, yeah. Right. I'm going to do this every time so then that way we don't have to have sex. Male or female. Sometimes guys have the same thing. I've had it too where I have to just let stuff go and get out so that way I can become aroused. And let me tell you guys, male or female, your partner knows when you're not fully present. I, I don't care how good you think you are at hiding it. They can tell. Yeah. So, so you're not fooling anybody. Uh, you know, one of the things, as I was thinking about that with Tony, when he was talking about how there have been times when we've been trying for this goal, like orgasm, that's where we're going. And, you know, it hasn't happened. It takes time. One of the research numbers that I saw was that actually, you know, women knowing their body is one of the strongest ways that they can increase this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But the second way is... um duration of the sexual experience. So those women who have, you know, the sexual act is only about five minutes. So quickie Mm -hmm. versus those who spend 30 minutes in a sex act. And that includes foreplay. It's not just sex sex intercourse can have, you know, can increase their frequency of orgasm up to six times. And I, I, I can vouch for the statistic, you know, if we're just going for a quickie, it's highly unlikely that I'm going to have an orgasm. If we have the opportunity for an extended lovemaking session, my my success rate, my you know the orgasm ability. achievement ability, yeah, the ability to increases. Have the orgasm. Increases. So those of you that are only engaging in quickies because you just want to get it done, and I'm talking men and women, spend a little more time together. Carve out the 30 minutes, carve out the hour to be together because it's not, it's not just the orgasm, right? That's what we started this show saying, but if you can give yourself that time together, you're investing in one another. It's not about the orgasm. You're giving yourself a higher likelihood of success. You're also giving one another yourselves, right? And if you have kids and you're like, oh my gosh. 30 minutes an hour, you're kidding me. Here, here's something to think about. Vaseline is the key to having sex with your spouse after having children. Just stick that stuff on the outside of the doorknob and the kids can't turn the knob to get in. <laughs> right? Let's have some fun here, folks. It's find ways so that you guys can enjoy each other. Uh, you know... And I love that he just dropped that quote. I had no idea where he was going with that Vaseline quote. I think he's used it before. Um, But the reality is, is that the two of you enjoy sex. Okay. I mean, like. We're going to make that. I'm going to make that assumption. Now, some of you you are shaking your heads, listening to me going, but at least I don't. Okay. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother conversation that that's, you know, looking into coaching and figuring out why. But for the vast majority of you, I am going to make the assumption that you enjoy sex. Mm-hmm. And so if you enjoy sex, invest in that. Invest in that time with your partner. Invest in getting to know. 
and ladies, I'm going to speak specifically to you here right now. I'm doing that a lot because this is the orgasm show. It kind of, you know, does fall into the women's conversation here because for a man, it is much easier for men to have orgasms quickly and regularly. Ladies, you have to know your body. Okay. You have to know where your parts are. So if you've never explored your female anatomy, your clitoris, your vagina, all of that, it might be time. And some of you, your jaws just hit the ground because you're like, ah, Lisa, no, I can't do that. Good girls don't do that. My mother would be horrified. Okay. I'm not asking you to do this with your mom. Okay. I'm not. Um, If you're going to do this with anyone, do it with your husband. Okay. Because he'd be happy to explore with you and learn with you. And here's why I'm telling you that you need to do this. I'm not saying, you know, go out there and masturbate all the time by yourself. That's not what I just said. What I said was learn your body. If you don't know what feels good, what works for you, what touches you like, what speed you like, what pressure you like, you know, what angle you like, how on earth? Can you expect the man that you are sharing a bed and a name with to be able to figure it out, to be able to pleasure you in the way that you desire? If you don't know the few chances or the few times that he gets, gets it all right, those are coincidences. Mm-hmm. Those were what my early years of marriage were like. It was pure coincidence if Tony would give me an orgasm, you know. And and trying to duplicate it because I had no idea what worked was like finding that needle in the haystack. Yeah, it was through this experimentation time that we took together when we would, you know, hey, let's let's just figure this out. It doesn't all have to happen in one night. That wasn't that wasn't the purpose. It was little by little. Let's leave the lights on. You know, let's Craziness. allow ourselves to see each other. Does this work? Does this not? You know, and we would be getting aroused just by being able to do this stuff, to talk to each other about it, to explore each other's bodies. And Elisa wouldn't have an orgasm during those times. We, I would still come to completion. And yet we were growing closer together and learning more about each other. And it's a process. Mm-hmm. You, you know, again, it didn't happen on the first time. We didn't just like... Oh, wow, let's look at this here and touch this there and boom, it's done. No, it's taken time. And like Elisa said, it was probably like the first eight to 10 years where it was very sporadic. It's, it's right, because we been, weren't trying. Right. It's only been over the last seven years yeah. that we've really been able to go, oh, okay, there it is. And now after years of doing that and knowing both of us, hey, there are still times when we can be in foreplay and I'm way off. Like, Elisa's like, where the heck are you? Like, we- like I, I feel like, you know, it, it's kind of like the blind man should know by touch, um, you know, where he's got to go, right? And there are times when I'm like, um, let me just move your hand over here. Right. However, because we've spent all of this time learning and, and developing this knowledge base together, there's no, there's no... Um, off put like Tony isn't offended if I move his hand or if I say, you know, move here, move there because we've gathered this knowledge together. You know, that quote that I opened up with what we learn in pleasure, we never forget. Mm -hmm. And, And when you make it 
when you make it part of just learning each other, right? Remember when you're recording and you know, all of those long conversations and things like that, that was getting to know each other. That was pleasurable. You need to do the same thing physically in your marriage where the orgasm isn't the end goal, right? It's getting to know you and your husband or you and your wife better because when the two of you are developing this knowledge base, I will tell you that my frequency of orgasm, you know, like if I look at the first 10 years and my frequency of orgasm versus the last eight, there's been a sharp and steady increase right. in that. And I can, I can manipulate, you know, Tony's hands, Tony's, you know, whatever Tony's using to, you know, stimulate me. We know pretty much what works time in and time out. Yeah. And, and just know when, whenever you put unhealthy pressure on each other during this time, you know, to have an orgasm, this can really damage the mm-hmm. heart of your sexual intimacy. It really can. Because now you're putting these, uh, it's almost like it's a business goal. It's, it's a career goal. Like I want to be the manager over here, or I want to be the senior VP, or I want to, you know, be able to do this in my business. And I, I think many of us can attest to this that sometimes those goals we make them, and we do damage to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? They're they're too lofty. Well, I, I'm not saying you don't want to go after them. Well, it's not even that they're lofty; it's that they become so singularly important, focused, or yes. focused, yeah that you lose sight of the people and the relationships around you. Right. And that's the same thing with this. And, you know, there's, whew, it, it, it's it's a balancing act. Mm-hmm. I will have to say that. I mean, we've had to do it ourselves and I've had to even myself go, you know what? It, it's not happening tonight. As much as I would love to, Elisa's okay with it and I'll say it. And I'll even ask her, hey, are you okay with that? Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. I've, you know, she'll even say, she says, Hey, I've had a great time. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to have an orgasm and it's okay. Okay. Let, let's, let's roll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's the, the thing I want to leave you with as we're starting to wrap up this show is that, you know, an informed lover is a better lover. When, when you know your body, and you know what works, and you can convey that to your spouse. That makes your spouse, so you're starting off informed, like you figured out what works, right? And now you're giving that knowledge to your spouse. That makes them an informed lover. So they're going to be able to better pleasure you with that knowledge. You know, it's not, you know, don't keep these secrets to yourself and say, Okay, I know what works, but I'm not going to tell them and we're going to see how long it takes. You could be waiting a heck of a long time and be frustrated and not be having those orgasms and not having that that quality intimate time because guess what? You're holding back from your spouse. If it works, if he or she does something that feels good, tell them. Right. And if you're going, gosh, I, I want to, I don't know how. One book that really helped us was Joy of Sex. The Joy of Sex was an eye-opener for us. It, it truly was a game-changer because this was the first book that we really picked up and we were able to go through together and look at pictures and read together and understand what to do 
So if you want to pick that up, go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash J-O-S. That stands for joy of sex. Here's the thing. The older version, and I'm going to just tell you guys heads up. The older version is like um, drawings. Like pencil sketch drawings. Yeah, of men and women. The newer version is pictures. So photographs. So just know you can still order the older version. You're just going to have to look um, within Amazon for that. And the one that we're linking to is the newer version because it's updated. It has new material and all that stuff. So just a heads up, just so you know what, what you're getting into. Again, oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash J-O-S. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, the two of you, the two of you make a decision. You make the choice that your goal is going to be each other. Because the orgasm is great. It's not the only reason the two of you choose to be together. Mm-hmm. You know, and as we close this week's show, I just want to remind you that we love seeing your smiling faces up on our love you guys wall we've got almost 50 faces 50 couples up there now and every week we add more and if you guys want to send us your love you guys picture we would love to get that printed out mm-hmm. and you know have that up there and so you can send that to info at in- one extraordinary marriage.com and then just in the subject line just put love you guys pick i think we got four or five in the email box right now so we're going to be Uploading those to Costco and getting those on the wall so you'll be able to see one here on New Year's Day with all the new folks. And like Elisa said, if you want to get up there, please send in yours. So this week, go out there. Learn about each other. Talk about it. If you guys have never even talked about, you know, clitoral stimulation, orgasm, do that. You know, because the ultimate goal of your sexual encounter is to bring the two of you together. When it's not about the orgasm, you know, you may just find yourself with mind-blowing sex. And then with the orgasm, it takes it to another level of mind-blowing sex. Both of them are great. Both of them are awesome. Both of them can bring you together sexually. So go out there. It's the beginning of a new year. What a great thing to do for each other, for your marriage. Go out there. Enjoy each other. We love you guys.